Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Uh, This week I've got something really quite interesting to talk to you about which I have been looking into recently. Um, So this episode has been inspired really by some of the studies that I'm doing for my master's degree in psychology. Um, So I'm currently studying a master's degree through the University of Derby. Um, For those of you who don't know already, my aim at some point is to qualify as a recognised psychologist. Um, So I'm currently doing a master's degree which is registered with the British Psychological Society. And I was looking through a paper, a research paper. It was actually about something a bit different, um, but it really inspired me to look into something that I had previously learnt about before, but hadn't necessarily really appreciated the impact that it would have on things like anxiety, on depression, and also just in general to well-being. So this week I'm going to talk to you about something called the locus of control. Now, what is a locus of control? Well, basically it's the extent to which you think you have control over yourself, your environment, your own health, your successes and also your failures as well. So it tends to be divided into two different sections. So some people have an internal locus of control and some people have an external locus of control. Now a person with an internal locus of control is much more likely to consider that successes they have are due to their own hard work. So these people tend to be a bit more motivated in a way because they believe that they can succeed by working hard and putting the effort in. These people also tend to be more motivated to be healthier because they believe that their health is within their control. And they just tend to go out and do a lot more stuff, basically, because they they tend to feel like they can take on challenges and they can be in control of the things they can be in control of. So a person with a more external locus of control, generally speaking, tends to believe that they're less in control of their lives. So these people tend to think that things happen through chance or through luck. When things don't go so well, they attribute them to bad luck. Sometimes these kind of people can fall into the trap of not being as motivated because they get into that mindset of, If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Who's heard that saying before? Another good phrase that demonstrates the external locus of control. um, If you've ever heard this phrase, I've heard it loads and it always really annoys me. The phrase, good things come to those who wait. That is a perfect example of somebody who has an external locus of control and thinks that just by being patient, things will come to them. It's really frustrating for me as somebody who over time has developed a very internal locus of control because I always feel like if there's something you want, then go work hard and go get it. But think about that statement, good things come to those who wait. Is it a motivating statement? What do you think about that? Does it encourage you to go do things, to try hard? 
it tends to be used when people are being very impatient um, but sometimes impatience can be used for a good thing so it's worth having a think about what the things we say to ourselves actually mean in terms of internal or external locus of control now that's some of the geeky stuff basically but why is this important to well-being and more specifically anxiety well, I ended up finding so much research into this. It was absolutely fascinating to look into. And basically, what's happened is, over time, psychological studies have found that there is a positive relationship between your locus of control and your well-being. And the cool thing is, this has been demonstrated across loads of different cultures as well. So this isn't even just the Western world. This is across all different cultures. And basically what this means is that we know that a person's locus of control has a direct effect on their well-being. Which is fascinating. We're able to, to show that this is a, a significant thing. And what has been found is that people with a higher internal locus of control experience less emotional exhaustion. This comes from a paper on um, locus of control and work well-being higher psychological well-being and greater happiness as well. So it's fascinating to see that all of these different things can be affected by how much we believe we have control over the situation. What I'll do in the description for this podcast episode, I'll put all my references in there um, so that if you'd like to have a look into this, you are very welcome to do so and have a look at some of these studies because they are absolutely fascinating. Now, there have been studies done specifically into anxiety and some very recent ones as well, which is amazing. And again, they show that there's a positive relationship between locus of control and measurements of anxiety. What's even more fascinating about this is that psychologists are actually able to predict how severe someone's anxiety and depression will be based on how external their locus of control is. So it's a really nice demonstration of how your locus of control can have such a massive impact on your mental health. And a nice demonstration as well that having a very external locus of control can actually lead to quite severe anxiety and depression. So it's a really interesting link that we've made there. It's really, really useful in a clinical setting. So what does this mean for you as a person listening? Well, have a, have a think about it. Have a think about where your locus of control might be. Do you, generally speaking, see your life as out of your control? Or do you consider that most things that happen are within your control? Now, if you have a high internal locus of control, which means that you think you have control over most things that happen, then that's absolutely great. That's a really good start. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to be immune to issues like anxiety and depression. But the good thing is that if you do experience those issues, you're probably more likely to put in the work and effort into overcoming issues like this. And the really fascinating for me reading all of these studies is thinking about the clients that I see in clinic every single day. Now, quite a large majority of them tend to have quite a moderate internal locus of control. So they think they have control over stuff, but they're kind of not really sure to what extent, how much. And the really cool thing is that they've taken the first steps to come find therapy, private therapy as well, which is amazing. 
they also have the motivation and they've invested in the therapy so they're quite motivated to do something about it so the really cool thing is that when we start giving exercises as many of you probably know i love using cognitive behavioral therapy based exercises alongside hypnotherapy and those exercises actually teach people how they can change the way they think how they can improve their mental health basically So those people who come to me who have quite a high internal locus of control can learn to overcome anxiety really very effectively. And it's really helpful to have that background belief system in place when we're working with those clients. It's fantastic. Now, if you think you might have quite high external locus of control, then the studies that I've talked about do suggest that you're more likely to struggle with anxiety and depression. This can make things a little bit tricky because if somebody is a very high external locus of control person, then the trap they can sometimes fall into is they can go to therapists and they think that the therapist will be the one who fixes their anxiety or their depression. They think it's something that happens to them. Whereas the reality is that, unfortunately, no therapist can climb into your head and make the changes that they want to make. So if you're starting to become aware that this might be you, you might have a high external locus of control, then it would be interesting to consider what situations in your life have been challenging for you because you were expecting something else to do something for you. So this can make things a little bit trickier, um, but really importantly, don't panic because you can learn to change. You can learn to change those beliefs and you can learn to challenge the beliefs that you have. And again, this is a huge part of the cognitive behavioural work that I do with clients is about challenging thoughts and beliefs, challenging negative thoughts, challenging restrictive thoughts, challenging thoughts that lead to low self-esteem, challenging thoughts that people can't control things. They all link together really nicely. So what are the benefits of actually attributing success and failure to ourselves? because it can be quite challenging. It can be a really terrifying process to look back over your life and think about the failures and also the successes and consider to what extent you were actually responsible for those. So this can be really scary, um, but it can be really empowering. Empowering in terms of understanding that most of your successes are down to you, but also empowering when you understand how your failures might be down to you too. Now, obviously, if you're attributing success to yourself, that's great. And for people who struggle with things like imposter syndrome, this is a really good way of working with that too, because we can start making sure that somebody is fully aware of exactly to what extent they had an involvement in their successes. This is important because if you believe your success is down to luck, then you don't feel confident in that success. And it's just as important with failures, because if we believe failures are because of other people, we never make the changes we need to make to make sure that failure doesn't happen again. So I'm going to use myself as an example here. In my early 20s, I was studying a combined master's degree to be a chiropractor, believe it or not. One of the good things about that whole situation was I met my fantastic husband. But unfortunately, I failed the degree overall. And there are a number of factors that um, led to me failing that, including my own mental health issues. Uh, So my own anxiety and depression at the time. 
And when I failed this course, I mean, I literally blamed everybody else. I blamed the tutors. Um, I blamed them for not teaching me properly, for not giving me enough time. Some of them, I think, got quite frustrated with me in the end. And it became obvious to me that I wasn't very popular with them. I blamed my parents for the lack of support. I blamed my friends for the lack of support that they gave me. And pretty much everything except me. So this is a really good example of a very external locus of control. And it leaves you in a bit of a horrible place, really, because when it's everybody else's fault, you can't control other people. So what are you supposed to do about it? And really it left me feeling at time like I didn't have any future at all. So really it was my own process of going through cognitive behavioural therapy, going through hypnotherapy and challenging my own beliefs and my own thoughts that I was able to bring my thought process into a much more internal locus of control. What did I actually contribute towards the failure here? Now some of the things that I blamed, they were factors, we can't ignore that, but ultimately it was me and it was my lack of academic work that had resulted in this failure. So you might be asking, how is this empowering? And to be fair, initially when I started doing this, it was really hard because it meant that this horrific thing that had happened in my life um, was really because of me. And initially that was a lot of regret. And I had a lot of regrets about what happened in that situation. But luckily, again, as I've mentioned through my own cognitive behavioural therapy and hypnotherapy, I was able to challenge those thoughts too and develop a much more beneficial way of thinking about these situations. So the key thing about this was I knew where I'd gone wrong and more importantly, I knew how to fix it. And that's how it becomes empowering because you can actually work out what you would do differently next time when you acknowledge your own part in the failure that you've had. So when I went back and did my um, bachelor's science degree through the Open Uni, I mean, it was so much harder than before. It was so much easier doing this as a proper student because I was doing this outside of full-time work. I had a housemate that caused problems and a huge amount of more stress that I was trying to deal with whilst doing an Open University degree. But because I had this more internal locus of control, I was much more able to see all of those things as challenges and focus on what I needed to do to achieve what I wanted to do. And I was able to overcome all of those issues because I believed that I had control over enough of the situation to make a difference and to do what's best for me. So that's how it becomes empowering, is when we take our locus of control, we bring it much more internally inside ourselves, and we're completely honest about how much control we have over a situation. And it's the same thing now. I'm doing a master's degree online. I run a busy business and a clinic. And sometimes it is very stressful and very difficult. But by having that internal locus of control in everything that I do, it means that I can decide how much of an impact I'm going to have on it. Not the situation, not things that happen around me, not people who do things that are particularly unhelpful. What am I going to do about this situation? So what can contribute towards an unhelpful locus of control? Well, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, um, I think there is a specific one on cognitive distortions. You'll know that all negative thoughts contribute towards unhelpful beliefs and attitudes. Now, the way we think negatively has been categorised and we call them cognitive distortions. And there are various different types that most people do. 
even very uh, mentally healthy people still do some cognitive distortions. But people with anxiety, people struggling with depression tend to do a lot more. So the cool thing is you can actually find out which cognitive distortions are contributing to your anxiety, contributing towards your depression or contributing towards your external locus of control simply by going to my website and downloading your very own exercise for free. What you'll need to do when you get there, the link will be in the description of the podcast. You'll just need to pop your email and your name in. And what happens then is you get access to the worksheet straight away, but you also get sent a video which is taken from one of the workshops that I run. And this video will explain to you what cognitive distortions are. It will give you some examples so that you understand fully what it is you're looking for. And it will give you some more information about how to go about doing that exercise. So make sure you go give that a go because it's a really useful way of understanding what thoughts you're having that are contributing towards all of these issues that you're having. So I hope you found that as interesting as I did. Um, As I said, I'll put all the references in the description. So if you want to have a bit more of a look into this or if you want to ask me any questions, then please do feel free to get in touch. You can get in touch through my website, which is www.anxiety2confidence.com. That's the number two, anxiety2confidence.com. Or you are very welcome to email me and it's my name, so Siobhan at ymyb.co.uk. It stands for Your Mind, Your Body, so ymyb.co.uk. And I'd love to hear your comments, what you think about this, how you think this might help you, and more crucially, what you're going to do about it if you realise that you have quite an unhelpful locus of control. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxiety2confidence.com. That's the number two, anxiety2confidence.com.